Okay. Gurudev? Good morning. Okay, I can hear you. So um, how are things? Is there anything that you'd like to share? It's good things to see good. you. Things are good. Uh, it's beautiful here this time of year, Northern California. And uh, we're busy um, with, uh, with the property itself, the grounds, the gardens, the, uh, the setting. Um, and uh, the cows, um, reorganizing a few things and it uh, feels good to do that. Um, Chittahari, who has relocated nearby is now moving into the ashram. That's uh, very positive. And uh, he's one of the, well, the original members of Daria and um, the main person behind the building of, of, of the Gorbi Jai Mandir here, um, out of the uh, redwoods from the forest floor that we milled on site some years back and so forth. So we have a nice, uh, nice group and um, work on my book is, is uh, continuing editing and so forth. And, and uh, meanwhile, we're also, you know, developing further um, with uh, Darshan Press overall. Darshan Press, of course, is publishing my book, but um, Bernisht has been able to engage some other devotees from the Sangha in different aspects of the publishing. So um, there's a lot of, I guess, infrastructure type work going on that's not visible at the moment, but it's promising. Um, one of the things that's just just coming to the surface in that regard is, is the audiobooks. Sacred Preface is now in progress. Um, so that's, that's good. Um, yeah, this way overall, everything is uh, positive. And I, I think that uh, we're, uh, developing the setting here at Audaria in a way that can uh, serve the community overall uh, the most, which is originally what it was designed to do. So I feel good about that. What are the questions this morning? Okay. Um, so now there's seven questions. And um, so it, it was requested that you repeat the question because sometimes certain devotees can't hear it. So after the question is asked. Um, yeah, I okay. think devotees who listen through Facebook or something like that, they can't hear the question. So yeah, I should repeat I, the English questions as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like repeat them in English. Okay. Yeah, I think that's Spanish. what. Spanish ones. I think this, the Spanish ones get need to be repeated. Anyway, I can repeat them all. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's what, is that what you meant, Guru Vakya? Yes. Because Guruvaki was the Spanish. Okay. Repeat the Spanish ones. Okay. Um, just the Spanish yeah. ones. Just okay. the Spanish ones. Okay. Um, so Pranada is first. Hi, Krishna. Um, let's see. I recently heard someone say that um, Krishna is only Swayam Bhagavan when he is with Radha, not even. Uh, his his Swayam Bhagavan feature is not even when he's with Balaram. I'm I'm taking that to be something like um, maybe what we hear like in the Rasa dance where Krishna is with Radha and his expansions are with the gopis. Either that or maybe it's referring to Krishna's being uh, eternally of the Kaishore age. I'm not sure, but it struck me as odd because we think of Swayam Bhagavan as having three relationships as the son of Yashoda and Nanda and the brother of Balaram and friend of the Gopas and the lover of Radha and the Gopis. Could you uh, comment on this thing that I heard? Yes. Um, I think that that may not be the best way to say 
what um, uh, could be said <laughs> about that. Um, I think that uh, what is you could say instead, which might be a more accurate way of expressing what perhaps is behind that uh, would be to say that there are features of Krishna uh, that uh, shine, that, that Krishna as the, the Godhead, he um, shines, if you will, or, well, let's say the influence of his Sarup Shakti, that internal energy, um, the measure of its influence distinguishes, for example, in one sense, Brahman from Bhagawan. Hmm? So in Brahman, this Rup Shakti is not really active in, 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 to, in any comparatively to the way it is in Vaikuntha and in Loka, that much more. So the more that the Shrup Shakti is having influence, the more uh, um, light there is being shed on all that Krishna is. And so because Radha is the Mahabhava Swarupani, the fullest expression of the Swarup Shakti, then standing next to him, arguably, he shines in a light that um, is brighter than any other expression of the Swarup Shakti. Hmm? That said, all expressions of the Sarup Shakti within Braj, which is his, his in Goloka, Gokul, is it, which is his private um, residence, where in order to be, if you will, the lover of Radha, he has to be someone's son. Hmm? And in order for him to be the lover of Radha, also he has to have some friends some of whom are in Sakibhav, to use Rupa Goswami's term, and um, without the influence of the Sakis, Gopis, and arguably those friends as well, as is clear from the Leela Grantas of the Goswamis, um, he can't be standing next to Radha. How does he stand next to Radha without the help of Suval on, on occasion, um, or without the help of, of Radha's friends and, and maidservants and so forth. Um, and how can there be the sweetness of the parakia that um, is, uh, underlies the, 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 the meeting of Radha and Krishna, where they stand together? How can there be parakia without the sentiments of Vatsalya that would uh, ostensibly be uh, pro prohibit such hmm, and serve thereby as the required obstacle for parakia to be uh, all that it is to be as intense, if you will, as it is. So the other sentiments, the other bhavas of Braj besides Madhurya and within the context of Madhurya, besides Radha herself, if you will, um, they're all necessary for Krishna to stand next to Radha. So there's kind of a really a composite there. When Radha meets uh, Krishna at Kurukshetra, hmm, then um, she can't be satisfied with him there. Hmm? or with the idea of go, going with him to Dwaraka, because uh, the setting of Braj and all of these other 
sentiments um, that I mentioned, um, and the setting itself, the Jamuna and Govardhan and all that Brajas constituted of, then um, she doesn't want to stand next to Krishna. Hmm? So in the, in the broader sense, yes, Krishna standing next to Balaram, Krishna standing uh, next to, you know, uh, tied up by Yashoda is, is Swayam Bhagawan. It's not another expression of Krishna. It's not uh, Maturesh Krishna or Dwarakesh Krishna. It's said by Srila Rupa Goswami and his Ujjbal Nilamani that Krishna is perfect in, in Dwaraka. He is more perfect in Mathura and most perfect in Braj. Now, if you want to go, you know, within that, he's most perfect standing next to Radha, you could say. But, and I think that's what people who say what they said to you that your question is about want to say, but I don't think um, that it's entirely accurate to say that uh, only that Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan, Bhagavan and, and by contrast, Krishna standing next to Balaram is, is not. Um, to give another example, uh, Radha is speaking in Venu Gita, the 22nd, I think, or 21st chapter of the 10th book of the Bhagavad. Um, Radha and Gopis, but uh, together, uh, and they describe the vision of Krishna and Balaram entering the forest with their friends and, and cows to be the perfection um, of the eyes. Sanatana Goswami, there are different comments on it, but Sanatana Goswami comments that, uh, that uh, through the eyes of the Gopis, uh, Krishna, along with Balaram, is particularly uh, attractive because of the way in which the elder brother feels about him that's expressed uh, in that vision um, as well. Um, so uh, there are other, like, as I say, there are other commentaries on it that, uh, that uh, render the verse grammatically such that they're really only talking about Krishna, not Krishna and Balaram, but um, I've given you Sanatans, um, Sanatana Goswami, he's the original commentator of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, um, his perspective on that. So, and that is that the perfection of, 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 of the eyes for the gopis is to see Krishna and Balaram and his friends. Uh, so, uh, it, and it is uh, the Krishna who, uh, is re whose activities in Braj um, are reported to Radha by one of her attendants when she's not present and the things that he's doing in those settings where he's not standing next to her, that's the same Krishna, very attracted to him, to, to her. Um, and then that said, of course, um, um, Either directly or indirectly, everyone in Braj wants to see Radha standing next to Krishna standing next to Radha. Certainly, Yasoda wants to stand see Krishna standing next to Radha, and, and she does at times. Um, and 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 um, Krishna's intimate friends as well, you know, labor hard to make that happen. Um, so I think that um, there's something to be said for the idea that. Krishna standing next to Radha, that he shines most completely in relation to the com most complete, fullest manifestation of the Swarup Shakti, Mahabhav Swarupni. Uh, uh, what does Kabiraj Goswami say? He says, uh, Rasaraj Mahabhav Duye Kurupa. Hmm. The two, Rasaraj, Krishna, the king of love, and uh, Mahabhav, Radha herself, the fullest expression of love, uh, 
these two come together, they result in one form, a group that is, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So I think there's, you know, in substance, there's what devotees want to say by that is, has some support. But it's, uh, um, it would be incorrect to say that uh, Krishna in Braj otherwise, in relation to Jasoda, Nanda, uh, um, the Cowherd friends and so forth, is, is not Swayam Bhagawan. Uh, if he's not Swayam Bhagawan, then who is he? Hmm? Um, Rupa Goswami gives an explanation of Swayam Bhagavan, Tadikatma Rupa, his Vaibhava Prakash in the form of Balaram, um, his Prakashas amongst many gopis, um, where he expands dur during the Rasa dance to be with each one of them at the same time, um, and so forth. Similarly, he has ex expansions to be with, sit next to each coward boy, for example, in Sakya while taking lunch as if each one thinks he's sitting next to me or across from me alone um, and so forth. But those um, expansions of himself in those settings are expansions of who? Of Swayam Bhagavan. Hmm? There's no other explanation, uh, ontological explanation of, of who Krishna is standing next to Balaram is as opposed to who Krishna is standing is next to Radha. Rupa Goswami doesn't give any other term hmm, um, than Swayam Bhagavan. So I wouldn't, I think the use of the term is a little loose, but the idea that Krishna standing next to Radha shines in a way that uh, is uh, arguably the, the, the fullest expression of himself. Yes, to your point, that would refer to the Kishore um, Leela hmm, in general. So that's another way of of thinking about it, but from that, if you want to emphasize that point, then standing next to any other gopi, standing next to Rupa Manjari, he's not the full, he's not Swayam Bhagavan. Um, he, he, Rupa, was, Rupa Manjari is not Radha, like Radha, but not Radha, close as you could get, <laughs> but in one sense, uh, Tadbhav, but uh, it's really a, uh, uh, his Bob is really a, 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 a sympathetic love for the union of Radha and Krishna. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Does it help? Yes, very clear. Thank you. Vayam Bhagavan, Shri Krishna, Vijay. Yes, good morning. Question. The difference between Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya and Bhakti Vinod Parivar. Um, let me know when you've repeated the question. Well, I think that. Um, as I've mentioned, they, 
when disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur were asked in the public uh, who, would, what, what paribar they belonged to, and they weren't sure how to respond, and asked their Guru Dave, he responded by telling them that they should uh, reply that they are members of the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. When you speak of Sridharmarj using the term Gaudiya Saraswat um, Sampradaya, or I don't think, I don't know if he said Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya, but he has said some things along those lines. Um, obviously, it's the Gaudiya Sampradaya, it has lineages within it, streams of, uh, and paribars. Um, communities within it. Um, then again, of course, Sampradaya can be used in, 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 in a broader sense. Um, Jiva Goswami does that in his Sarva Sambhadini, where he says that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the founder of his own um, community, I think with streams of Sampradayas. So he's using it in a broader, broader term. Um, Whereas the Paribar term in Gaudiya terminology tends to refer to lineages within the Gaudiya Sampradaya. And that in that sense, the Sampradaya term is used as a defining a community that is different from another Sampradaya, like the Ramanuja Sampradaya or the Madhva Sampradaya, so on and so forth. So uh you know, words have different meanings uh, in different contexts and so forth. But um, that said, uh, Sridhar is obviously a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and wanted to emphasize um, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in describing his lineage and the implication of which would be that there may be others who are followers of Bhakti Vinod, and there are um, other disciples of Bhakti Vinod uh, that have lineages. And um, while they may not, they could refer to themselves as the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. Hmm. They would probably tend to refer to themselves as the Nityananda Paribar, which is the Diksha line of, of uh, Bhakti Vinod Thakur. And the term Bhakti Vinod Paribar again comes from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who is one of the disciples of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, obviously the prominent one in terms of worldwide uh, outreach, campaign, dissemination of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Um, and so it would seem that Sridhar Marsh wanted to include him affectionately and uh, for good reason, perhaps, to distinguish within those coming from the um, uh, from the influence uh, uh, under the influence of the inspiration of Bhakti Vinodakar, distinguish himself and his lineage from others who, at the same time that they are serving under the inspiration guidance even the diksha of the bhakti, you know, Thakur, but are not um, uh, under the influence or serving under the inspiration of bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, such a prominent disciple of bhakti, you know. So, um, Those are my thoughts on that. I don't. I don't think it's it's um, it's there's too much to the to, to the topic. Other than that, does that help? No, there are others as well. Um, there, there's uh, there's at least one other ongoing. A lineage of initiate. Uh, well, um, now that I think about it, I'm not, 
I'm not sure if at least there are others who are disciples of Bipin Bihari Goswami, who is a disciple of Bhakti Vinoda, who is a brother of Bhakti Siddhanta, who took his diksha from Bhakti Vinoda Thakur. Um, of course, as I mentioned the other day, we, but yeah, there are others. Um, we're a little different in that um, our lineage is coming from Bhakti Vinoda and Gorkishore, who come from two different party bars, both of whom have uh, obviously a very prominent influence on Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Took Harinam from Bhakti Vinod, took his mantradiksha from Gorkishordas Babaji at the request of Bhakti Vinod and with the blessings of Gorkishordas Babaji. And uh, those influences are uh, prominent. We respect both of them, which is our party bar. <laughs> so he gave a good answer, Bhakti Vinod party bar. If you want to say Godia Saraswat Sampradaya. Well, that's uh, good, but um, and understandable. But uh, I I like the uh, the uh, mention of Bhakti Vinod himself within in terms of identifying the Parivar that I'm associated with, we are associated with. Bhakti Vinod Parivar Tijai. Godi Saraswat Sampradaya Tijai. What else? So Martin has a question. Okay. Uh, it's not in the chat. Let's see. Sorry, there are a few different ones in the chat. Um, so Shamasanar, should I just read it? And that would be considered. Um, okay. Um, okay. So if you, I don't know if Gurudev can, you can see it, if you just scroll up some. Um, so yeah, it was at 1129. So it says, I have one question, Pranam Maharaj, how would you differentiate the teachings you received from Srila Prabhupada and the teachings you received from Srila B.R. Sridhar Maharaj? Thank you very much. Well, In one sense, Prabhupada taught me not to think, and Sridharmarsh taught me to think about all the things that Prabhupada put into my heart by stopping my mind. So it's a uh, they complement one another. In other words, uh, Prabhupada gave his disciples so much of the teachings of uh, the Rodi Sampradaya and There wasn't a lot of time or emphasis for them to think about them in a deeper way, those teachings, because there was there was too much coming one time. So, you know, every month there was another 300 page uh, volume of the Bhagavatam. And there were lectures every day that were recorded to, to keep up with all of that. Um, Obviously, you had to think about it to some extent, but you were more on the intake hmm, of, of new information. And uh, Sridhar Maharaj's emphasis was to reflect upon that information and, and the deeper implications of them and so forth. So um, if I was an empty pail, then Prabhupada's teaching would be to fill it up with milk. And Sridhar Maharaj's uh, influence would be to come and churn the milk, hmm? churn it, and bring out all the things that are hidden in milk. Maybe you know that inside of milk there is ghee, there is butter, there is buttermilk. Um, add a little sugar, and there's burfi and sandesh and uh, 
uh, rubbery and so on and so forth. So many um, treasures, gifts, they are hidden uh, within uh, the milk. So Prabhupada filled the bucket up with milk and Sri Ramarsh churned the, churned the milk and taught me how to churn the milk also, which is something that Prabhupada himself also emphasized at times. As early as 1975, Prabhupada wrote uh, in a letter to one of his disciples that uh, I think we have enough students now. Those of you who came after 1975 can hold your breath. Uh-oh. But... Uh, but at that time, he said, I, therefore, I think we should just churn the, churn the milk. Hmm? So he had a place for that, but it didn't um, manifest during his, his presence, which was such an empowered campaign for dissemination, wide-scale dissemination. So when your disse dissemination is very broad, then it's difficult to go deep at the same time. Hmm? Um, so he was particularly empowered by Nityananda Prabhu, whose campaign in amongst the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who were all involved in the dissemination of, of uh, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about. Nityananda Prabhu's campaign was characterized by being broad, hmm? widespread. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Nityananda Prabhu not to return to Puri one year. Uh, they were coming annually for the Ratha Yatra and to meet with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but, but he told them rather to stay in Bengal and, and uh, deliver the mercantile community and so forth, um, which he did. So Prabhupada's campaign was uh, uh, empowered by Nityananda Prabhu, and it, it, it has that characteristic of being very broad. We don't find, for example, literary contributions of Nityananda Prabhu going into theological depth as to all the implications of the teachings. We find that in the books of Jiva Goswami, for example. Rupa Goswami. Um, uh, but um, in this way, different associates of Mahaprabhu were empowered in different ways to, as a composite, um, make for a wholesale distribution of uh, Krishna consciousness. And all of the uh, um, elements are, are, are required. So you need the, the breadth of uh, wide-scale distribution and you need the theological depth and so on and so forth. So uh, Krishna empowers different devotees in, in, in different ways. And Prabhupada was particularly uh, focused on broad, wide-scale uh, dissemination and giving new information that had never been heard before in uh, other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So, um, there wasn't a lot of time to as it turned out to, 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 to boil the milk, but in his absence, oh, that is at the time of his passing from the world, that arguably would be a good time to uh, reflect um, and, um, and connect with him through separation and uh, longing and examining on a deeper level, all that he gave and so on and so forth, rather than just continuing with uh, some wide scale uh, dissemination. That's not a bad thing, the latter, but as much as in his own presence, he emphasized that there, 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 there is a place for boiling the milk. <clears throat> that would have been a good place, <clears throat> a pause, if you will in the wide scale dissemination. And what are we disseminating? What just happened to us? Hmm? Under the influence of, of Prabhupada, magically for years, we were just taken up and didn't think about anything except he said it and we do it. And that's what it is and so forth. So this is a perfect time to pause and by the transcendental system, if you will, 
Pujapachita Marsh arrived on the scene, invited by Prabhupada himself to be a very good churner of the milk. So uh, I would look at it in a broad way like that in terms of the two influences. To put it in another sense, Prabhupada engaged me largely in wide-scale dissemination of Krishna consciousness. He was very pleased with the circulation of his books. Um, and in order to please him, I, I involved myself in that. And um, he expressed his, his um, uh, appreciation for that and so forth. Um, but under the influence of Pujapashita Maharaj, I was encouraged to do what he called relief work. That was rather than to bring in new devotees as a focus, to focus on devotees who have already come within the fold, but whose understanding may not be that, uh, that deep um, and who may be uh, troubled by the circumstances surrounding Prabhupada's uh, passing in the society of, of ISKCON and um, dealing with new leadership and so on and so forth. It was a challenge. So to do relief work that people who had come would not go away. They would understand the, better the depth of what they were involved in and, and to help them become more uh, grounded in, uh, in, uh, in the teachings and so forth. So those are two kind of different emphasis. This emphasis for wide dispensation, emphasis for um, boiling the milk. Hope that helps. What else? So no, um, well, the answer is no. They're not two different missions. Sham, Shamsundra, are you there? So no, they're not two different missions. And um, let me give you a, an anecdote that uh, will underscore that. Prabhupada wanted that uh, his disciples would build a house in Mayapur. Well, they were planning to build a house for Prabhupada in Mayapur. And he suggested that they build a second story where Sridhar Marsh could come and live. They would bring him from Nabadweep and he would reside there and that he could bring then people from all over the world to Mayapur and they could hear from Sridhar Marsh. Prabhupada expressed this and expressed it to Pujapad Sridharmarsh himself, saying that I would like to ask my disciples to do this and, and, and then you could come and stay there. And I'll even have an elevator so that you don't have to trouble yourself going up the stairs and everything will be arranged perfectly for you to sit only. And I'll bring people from all over the world, they can hear from you. Prabhupada expressed a desire to do that. Uh, thought he must be kidding or something. I'm older than him, I'd surely pass away earlier. And um, it's, a, it's a very nice invitation. Um, let me think about it. Prabhupada later reflected upon it and thought, well, you know, um, there may be some problems. Some of my God brothers are envious. They may come, that could be a problem. So the idea didn't play itself out. And suddenly Prabhupada passed from the world unexpectedly before Pujapad Sridhar Marsh, but, but Prabhupada wanted um, 
considered Sridhar Maharaj his Siksha Guru, he wrote um, in a letter when one of his disciples asked, had been in India and Prabhupada had not been there for some time, so early on in the mission, and he asked uh, Prabhupada if there was someone he could get some association from, a Siksha Guru in Prabhupada's absence, and Prabhupada said that he could uh, take shelter of uh, Sridhar Maharaj as a Siksha Guru. He said, what to speak of what um, you can learn from him, I accept him as my Siksha Guru. So, same mission. But the same mission may have be expressed in different ways. Like I mentioned, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was one mission, but Nityanandapu was expressing it, serving it differently than Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Gadadhar, serving it in a different way. Each of them have their own uh, contribution. We can speak about each of one of them associates as being the most important, and they're all the most important. So similarly with Prabhupada and Sri Ramash. What else? So Abai has a question. I don't think he's on um, a cell phone. So I don't think that he, like we could hear him if he was speaking just because of the channels. Yeah. Um, so I think that he texted me the question. Okay, yeah, here it is. Um, okay, my question for Guru Maharaj is, okay, my question is if Guru Maharaj can speak about how the deeper how to deeper understand what Mahaprabhu's angle of vision is in regards to what we always hear. Krishna is Krishna in the mood of Radha. I am trying to understand, is Mahaprabhu truly feeling exactly as Radha and longing for Krishna exactly as she does, or is it more of a third party longing and understanding from Radha's perspective? It's hard to word this properly, but my main question is if he can speak on what uh, it means, on what it means Krishna is in the mood of Radha. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that uh, obviously Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, but he is trying to step into the shoes of Radha and experience himself from her vantage point. Hmm? And in the context of the Leela, he has uh, glimpses of that. Hmm? And in the end, he is successful. In the last verse of Shikshastakam, which is explained by Krishna Skaviraj at the end of Chaitanya Charitamrita, at the end of his book, very end, he um, cites the Shikshastakam verse after verse and gives a brief explanation um, of it in such a way that it's clear that Krishna Skaviraj Goswami is connecting the verses of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as if they were written successively in, in, in one astakam. Um, with one verse leading to the next and so forth. That's not the way Rupa Goswami uh, depicted the Shikshastakam. He cites verses of the Shikshastakam, for example, in his Padyavali, um, places the verses under different categories, along with other verses. Um, but uh, in, in Krishnadasa's Kaviraj Goswami's writing, we, we, we find that the, the eight prayers are taken together as an astakam and, and perhaps referred to as such shikshastakam for the first time there. Um, but uh, in the last verse, significantly, the last verse of shikshastakam, he says, and this verse, Krishna says, this verse was spoken by Radha. So the implication is that, that Mahaprabhu was successful. He's actually entered into the bhava of Radha. Yes, he is Krishna. That's a fact, but he's in the bhava of Radha, and he's and he's experiencing what she, firsthand what she experiences, uh, in, in to at least to some extent, as far as possible, um, when uh, she sees Krishna, reflects upon Krishna, loves Krishna, um, and, and and so forth. Now I don't know how well that 
answers your question, but as far as I understand it, you're asking if that's what happens or is there some kind of a you know, um, third person examining the thing? Um, maybe you could say there's a little of both in the earlier stages, like I say, it's coming in and out. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, to say that also the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna's is true, obviously, but the fact that he is Krishna is not something that, um, given the Leela, he's always aware of either. Um, he identifies himself as a sadhaka and in the pursuance of the bhava of, of Radha or Madhuri Rasa, worshiping Krishna. He is Krishna. He understands that. Sometimes that knowing is overridden by the, by the uh, uh, influence of bhakti, sarup shakti, and, and the sweetness of, of knowing himself otherwise, for example, as sadhaka, hmm, take, takes over. Um, so he's moving between the two, but in the end, he's successful in stepping into the, into the bhava of, of, of Radha. So much so that, as I say, the last verse of Shikshastakam and the words of Krishna Das Goswami are the voice of Radha herself. Hmm? So, hope that answers your question. Um, I guess, I guess it does. Hopefully. Well, yeah. here we can talk with him further. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about that too. Cool. Um, so. Chaitanya Charan had a question, and I'm wondering if that one's in the chat too. I don't see it. You didn't see it. Um, did did do you have it, Shadhusandar? I think he's speaking. Shadhusandar. Ah, me escuchas? Ah, okay. Entonces voy a plantear mi pregunta ahora. Yeah. Es que es muy larga, es un poco extensa, por eso no la quise escribir antes. Ya. Ok, ok. Question. Okay, or is it, okay. I see another brief question it says, if you have a prayer asking for health, is it okay to ask Krishna or better to turn to another form of the Lord? Hmm? In the Bhagavatam in the second canto, um, uh, different uh, manifestations of divinity um, in this world, gods and goddesses are mentioned as uh, deities to propitiate for want of one thing or another. Hmm? Um, sun god, the vayu, the wind god, this god and goddess, and so on and so forth. But the um, section concludes uh, with the statement, akama, Akama Sarvakama Va Moksha Kama Udharavi Tibrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Udushantara. Whether you have no desires, Akama Sarvakama Va, or Va, you have all kinds of material desires. Akama Sarvakama Va Moksha Kama, or you have a desire for Moksha. So, uh, in either case, in any case, akama, sarva kama, bhav, moksha kama, udharadi, tivrena bhakti yogena, rajeta, purusham, In either case, your best uh, foot forward is to engage in bhakti yoga hmm? uh, in the service of uh, 
serve Krishna. It's best to serve Krishna. So why is that? That um, we taught you know, not to pray to Krishna for material desires. The point there is that we should not have material desires as our goal in and of, it, of, of themselves and uh, thus propitiate other deities for that purpose as an end. But if we have as an end goal to attain Krishna Prema, but we have material desires hmm, at the same time, it's still better for us to ask Krishna to fulfill the material desires because, or, or in any case, even if you don't have, I should say, Krishna Prem as your goal. The Bhagavatam teaching more or less is better to take shelter of Krishna and ask him to fulfill, even though it's kind of stupid to ask Krishna to fulfill material desires when he could give you Prem. To ask, what did Dhruvamar say? I was looking for broken glass and I found a valuable jewel. I wanted a kingdom bigger than Brahma's. That, that's like a broken glass. But I took shelter of Vishnu for that purpose. Hmm? And instead of the broken glass, I got a valuable jewel. So better to take shelter of Krishna. Hmm? Um, because the very tendency to take shelter of Krishna, if that comes within us, that is more of a gift, more of a gain, I should say, than that which you're asking for. That's health of the, of the soul, looking for health of the body. Hmm? Approach Krishna. You may get it, you may not, but it's healthy for your soul. Hmm? Um, so the more that we can uh, develop the tendency to take shelter of Krishna, the better our position becomes. Hmm? Another question? Did Chaitanya Charan write his question out? Oh, yeah, here we go. I see it now. It's in Spanish. Uh, you're going to have to read it in English again, too. I'm not sure what it is. But go ahead. Say, say it in Spanish. What, what does he say that, what, what does he say that the Bhaktisandarva says? Mm 
Uh, well, first of all, I don't know what uh, what edition of the Bhakti Sandarbha you're reading from. Um, and I would have to look at the Sandarbha itself, that section, to get a context of what Jiva Goswami is, is saying. Um, I see, he says, uh, Banu Swami's edition. Uh, it's not the definitive edition, it's in English, but um, um, it's not, uh, not bad, I wouldn't say. There are much worse translations. But at any rate, I would have to look at it to see the context, but I, I don't think there's something particularly special or unique or different uh, or peculiar that he's, that he's saying there. Um, the um, text that he's citing is emphasizing the affirmation that I'm a servant of Krishna. Only by affirming that oneself is a servant of Krishna can one attain perfection. I mean, obviously, if you just say that without any context, whatnot, one could say, well, uh, what about Narayan? What about, you know, Varaha? What about Narasimha rather than Krishna? Uh, you could very well, you know, be using the term Krishna as Rupa Goswami does in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu when he defines Bhakti and he says, Krishna Nushilanam, it's favorable service to Krishna. And of course, in the further explanation of the verse, Krishna means also the different manifestations of Krishna, um, uh, his different avatars, uh, Narayan and Vaikuntha and, and so on and so forth. Uh, service to them is, is also uh, uh, favorable service to them is also bhakti, uh, bhakti. Uh, so, um, I don't think there's and basically, he seems to be saying, you can only get perfection by taking shelter of, of Krishna in one form or another. And that will determine to one extent or another the nature of, of the perfection, whether it be in Dasirasa, whether it be Aishvarya Bhav, or whether it be the Madhurya Bhav of, of, of Braj, uh, Sakya, Vatsalya, so forth, Madhurya. What else? What's wrong? Oh. That's what, yeah. Okay, well, that, that's a little different, but uh, it may be very well what the Sarvatandarva says. There are other ways that you can attain perfection with a mixed bhakti, and you can attain uh, with Gyan Mishra bhakti, with bhakti as a sec as secondary, uh, manifesting in Satyaguna, uh, through Gyan, you can attain Brahma Sayuja, and so on and so forth, a difficult process, and, and uh, other um, methods that are advocated, also for attaining perfection, um, but simply by taking shelter of Krishna, that alone, hmm, one can attain perfection. Yes, that makes sense. Okay, well, we're out of time. I don't know if, we, I guess we didn't get to all the questions, but- um, we, That's most of them. Hopefully we'll be back next week and answer more then. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Um, so before everyone goes, I'm just going to announce the July classes. I don't think there's anything else for me to announce. Is there Archana besides the classes? I don't know. I think it's just the classes. No, that, I think, okay. that, I think that's that. So yeah. I'm just going to go over the July schedule. So on Mondays, Pavanava Swami is giving classes on the Brahmara Gita, the Song of the Bumblebee. And then on Tuesdays, Asha Maharaj is giving classes um, for Vaishnav Sampradayas, a brief intro into the schools of Bhakti. 
And then on Wednesdays, um, Dulal is giving classes, classes, sorry, I'm really tired, uh, on Krishna Sandarva. And then on Thursdays, um, Archana is giving class, so she's doing her interviews, uh, The Beauty and Messiness of Asadika's Journey. And then on Fridays, Krishna Chaitanya is giving classes, Stasya, Sakya, Vaidhi, Rag, what, so what, now what? <laughs> and then on Saturday, Atula Nanda Swami is giving class on the qualities of bhakti. And then we're back here on Sunday. So um, let me just check the chat to make sure. Okay, well, I'm going to go. Thank you everyone for being here. Um, I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Okay, how are you both?